Woe be unto him who opens one of the seven gateways to hell, because through that gateway evil will invade the world.
You want something to eat? All right, I'm here with Dave Z from the Exploding Heads Four Movie Podcast, and we're here to talk about one of his all-time favorite movies ever made, um, and probably one of his all-time favorite years of all time, of horror at least, 1981. We're talking about Friday the 13th Part Two, directed by Steve Miner. Yeah, here we go. What's up, Dave? I know you're a big fan of the hey. Friday movies, at least the first. You what, know it. Five, I think the first five for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. The first five, absolutely. One, the first four are more like the Holy Grail, and then five is 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 a lot of fun. And then they just it's kind of um, what's the word? Different dividends after five, I guess. It, yeah. Depending, but I'm just happy to be here to talk about this to hang with you because it's been a while. It's so. been since The Shining, I think, hasn't it been? Or since the Top Hundred? I was on the Top Hundred for the Exploding Heads, uh, uh-huh. I think, or Top Two Hundred, Top Two Hundred for your two hundred episode anniversary. And then you were definitely on here for 1980, The Shining. And I couldn't think of a better person for Friday, too. I wanted uh, to get Christian on as well, but we'll just have to do with one of the exploding heads. But I appreciate you coming on. Uh, boy, the plot of Friday 13th Part 2. I mean, it's, it's, not, <laughs> it's not overly complicated, right? Uh, a new group of no. counselors return to another camp that's close to Camp Crystal Lake five years after the incident of the first film. And they run into Jason, who is thought to be a boy who drowned in the lake. They start getting picked off. That's pretty much the plot. Uh, this is the infamous sackhead Jason. So, uh, yeah, why don't yeah. you just give your initial thoughts on Jason and Friday 13th Part 2 when you first saw it? What made you grow to love it? Those kind of things. You know, this is the weird thing about me and Friday the 13th. It, it all kind of, like, came together so quick. Like, I remember seeing Part 3, uh, the last final chase, uh, when I was really young, I was like 12. It was right the year, let me think about this. It came out in 83, part three, then 84, towards the end of the year, the final chapter came out to the, the theater. So I saw, somehow I saw it on HBO, part three, and didn't know what it was and it scared me, but I loved it. And I was like, okay, what is this all about? I looked it up in the next morning and in, in the TV guide, it's a Friday the 13th, part three. I'm like, okay, so this is the part three. There's more to see here. Awesome. You know, so, you know, this is VHS day. So I went out to the video store. I run in part one, run in part two. And it was such perfect timing because, like, I don't know if it was the same week or the same month. What, all I know is that, like, almost immediately after finding out about the existence of this Friday the 13th, part, part three, and then going back, that they announced the final chapter was coming out. And... I wish I could look up and find the dates. I've even tried deep deep diving and trying to see when I saw it on HBO the first time, when it first aired, and when the final chapter came out. But it was really like a whirlwind thing for me because I saw part three, got excited, rented part one and two, loved them, and then the final chapter came out, and it was just the height of everything. And I've always loved part one and two the most for years. Watched them. They were always my go-to. I watched them all. 
but uh, you know, if I'm going to go to it, it's going to be it's going to be one and two. They just have a different type of atmosphere than the other ones do, you know. And they're actually it's scary. They actually have a a feel about them, you know, and, and, and it's kind of scary. So one and two, like I said, I always watched them. As I got a little bit older, I, I, I started pulling away more where I was into part two where Sackhead Jason just scares me. And as, as much as, you know, the hockey mask is iconic, I just, I don't think he's ever as scary as he is in this movie. And, you know, it just, I've always loved it, man. He's got a Still humanistic do. quality for sure in, in this one. Like even when he moves, he's, this is so weird because this and Halloween 2, both the same year, are trying to find their footing and taking a very non-supernatural character and kind of twisting him. Michael Myers becomes more supernatural than Jason does in this one. But Jason automatically kind of starts off in a weird kind of limbo. You're like, is Jason a ghost? You guys talked about this. Or did Jason grow up in the backwoods and see his mom die? Um, I would suggest the latter probably at first until he, he eventually becomes more and more supernatural. It's bizarre. You kind of mm-hmm. have to throw logic out the window at certain points in, in the very beginning of these franchises and just enjoy it because they're kind of just going off like the seat of the, the whatever they're doing. But if you start thinking about it, um, you, you can tell this movie was rushed into production because the first one was such a big hit. And even if you look at the marketing, part one and part two have the same fucking cover. It's so, I feel like Nightmare on Elm Street original <laughs> cover was the same. Part two was very similar to part one as well, if I'm not mistaken. One of them was I can't when it initially came out. But um, one of the covers, I can't remember which one. But part one and two are legitimately the same fucking cover with the thin silhouette of the character on there. And you don't start getting the different covers until three and four and four is the most iconic right with the jason mask on the cover and the blood underneath and is there a knife through the eye i think um um is there a knife there's definitely i should know by heart all over the place i got him in that room right there okay (laughs) there's blood all over the ground but uh yeah this one i think sean cunningham directing the first film cunningham is a is a producer obviously first I mean, he directed some sex comedies. He did do The New Kids in 85, and he produced Craven's first film, Last House on the Left. But I feel like he's less of a filmmaker and more of a producer. Well, you get to Steve Miner. He has a lot more finesse in his suspense, like Part 2 and 3 and then House and, and Lake Placid. He's, he's a pretty solid director. He seems to know yeah. what the fuck he's doing. He, he does more with what Cunningham did. Right. And H2O, right? Halloween H2O, another one. It's- yeah, it's been years since I watched that one. I mean, I, I've never yeah. been a huge fan of right. Well, but yeah, it's still well directed. It's just a product of its time, more so than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's weird it's, because there's a there's a familiar thing in part and how in part of me in Friday two, and Halloween H two O, where you have your core group of, of kids that are you know that you, that you're going to get to know. But there there comes a time in both movies, in in, in Friday two, they go out to the bar to go party and do their thing. Yeah. In Halloween H2O, the the core group just stays together, the group of friends, and they go and they, they set up camp in this small place because all these other people are going on a trip with their class. So it was a when I watched H2O, I remember making that connection. I was like, look at this. Steve Miner has kind of a, a you know a plot device that happened twice. Yeah, which yeah. you know, it's it's not that big of a deal, but it's just interesting that it happened in Steve Miner's movies. And as far as the covers are concerned, part one had the See, I I think the part one cover is is fantastic because it's the of the one detail. You, yeah, you see of all the people the characters. within the, the silhouette. Yeah, 
Yeah, you yeah. see them all, and, and and it looks really good. I mean, I got big posters of it here and everything. Yeah. The quality of it, it looks really cool. And actually, if you look in the house, uh, in the cabin, you can actually see a little tiny Mrs. Voorhees head in there. Really? And, uh, really? Yeah, yeah, it's weird, but it's there. And uh, part two just went basic. They they took, the it was just black. It. Right, so a with, a, with an X, with an X in its hand. I'm cheap. like, it is that, cheap, and that's the only thing cheap. cheap about, about the movie yeah, yeah. Um, you know what i i had rebecca reinhardt on for bloody birthday and we were talking oh, about 1981 nice. movies and she brought up something that i thought was genius and i was like holy shit so you know how we we're talking about all the campfires stories in 81 we got yeah. mad man the burning and friday too all the same fucking story right they have even the burning and friday 13th are identical and she was like you know savini probably got the script for friday too read it said fuck that script Jason's dead, went to work on the burning and just said, hey, why don't we do this campfire story just like this and did the same fucking script. And then we started laughing and we started talking. She might have brought out the prowler. She brought out the prowler and said, well, Jenny pees her pants and Savini worked on that. He probably read the script. Right. And I and then I brought up the burning. I said the campfire scene, one or the other. She brought up one of them. And I was just like, Savini worked on both those movies. And then fucking later, like the Friday script, he probably read it. And then, like somehow that shit ends up in those movies. It's so weird, isn't it? Yeah, and it's it just weird. It just so happens that they were all doing it at the same time, though. It yeah. is, is from what I from the stuff I've looked into. But, but think about it. Think about it. What if he read the script and then was working on those movies? Like she should pee her pants right here. Unless all, how much of this stuff is improv, <laughs> though? Half that shit's probably just done on the cuff. Well, I, I and I wish I could say the person's name, but one of the producers or somebody said that they wanted two things to happen in in Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. One, they wanted someone to pee their pants when they were in danger. And two, they wanted to kill somebody in a wheelchair. That's what they said. <laughs> that sounds like Sean Cunningham because he's like, we got a top Texas chainsaw. And this and this movie, I swear to God, Friday 2 has more similarities to Texas Chainsaw than Friday 1. Because you got the barn, you got the sack head. I mean, the sack head's town of the dreaded sundown, but it feels backwards. It feels exploitation. Mm-hmm. And then it also, he's like, we want him to pee their pants because Last House on the Left did so fucking well and I produced that. But she pissed True. herself. I mean, yeah, like, that sounds like yeah. a Cunningham thing, doesn't it? He's like, yeah. yeah that's a producer I, thing right there. Man, it's I so should have read it. And here's something else so weird about it. What, there was no maybe about it with Tom Savini. Tom Savini and Cunningham, they were kind of pressured. Well, Cunningham's one, not Savini, but Cunningham was pressured by the studio. You know, because four months after freaking part one debuts, they're already shooting part two. So they had pressure. Okay, we had all this. Yeah. It made so much money. Independent movie that went through the roof. Okay, we got to do another one. So now, Sean Cunningham and uh, Victor Miller, the uh, you know the scriptwriter for the first one, and Tom Savini, they say, well, listen, Jason is dead. And Tom Savini was like, yeah, Jason... Jason is dead. I'm reading the script and I see him running around. This is stupid. So I'm just going to go and do this. And, I'm, and I, I made a, a Friday the 13th ripoff thing when I made the burning. He chose to go and do the burning yeah. because he thought the idea of Jason, because he even says that I, I'm, it's either in the book, Crystal Lake Memories, or it's on the um, the movie itself, the documentary. Yeah. He says something about, he goes, he goes, what are we supposed to think that uh, for years that this Jason was out in the woods by himself, just, um, you know, li- living on crawfish or something, he said. And he just thought it was stupid. Little did he know. <laughs> that- yeah. yeah. 
the burning. Like it's funny though. It's like yeah, but this guy got burned and the skin grafts didn't take and he looks like a warthog. That's not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love the burning, but they're all stupid. Me too. They're, they're all yeah. stupid. Although inherently, they're all pretty stupid. Just, just, you got to just. But I get it though. The whole premise of it. If you if your heart's not in it, right on the premise, you got to back out. If you're just like, I don't know, like right away. And they probably rubbed them the wrong way, trying to put pressure on them like that. I mean, the guy's got tons of work. But it is funny though because I mean, he he came back for four because Zito. I mean, Zito did fucking. He worked Prowler. with Joe Zito on the Prowler. I mean, he just like yeah. fucking came back for that. So. I mean, I think the effects are pretty good in here. And if you watch the uncut stuff, it's really good. And it, it would have made the world a difference. Boy, oh boy. And and this is one of the few movies that I, you know, I've always loved it all these years. And I said, the only way it could get better, I don't think, is, is to get that, that, you know, resurface, get that stuff resurfaced, that gore that was cut that we've been hearing about for years and years. That's the only way you can make it better. But even without the gore, Still good. I still love it. it. It was a big, and I hate to say this because I love the movie, but the difference, if you watch other ones that were that were cut, like um, My Buddy I've, Valentine. Oh, that one. I thought you were talking about Friday movies. Well, I mean, just in general, just like movies that were later on, the gore resurfaced. And the difference yeah. between My Buddy Valentine, rated R and uncut, it, it's kind of, it's more substantial than Friday 2. And even Silent Night, Deadly Night, when you got the oh, yeah. reissue of it and they rescued the, um, you know, they cleaned it up. It's the same thing. Now, I really do hope, and I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for them to freaking take this part two stuff that they have. Granted, there's no sound. It doesn't look terrible. Maybe one of them, Crazy Ralph, looks really vhs and You can't even see what's going on with the blood. But, but they have the AI now. That AI stuff could probably clean it up a little wow. bit. Wow. What are you waiting putting... for? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know because like I think like Vinegar Syndrome should reissue the fucking Friday movies. How cool would that be? I know it was wow. like, well, I bought the Scream Factory. It's like, yeah, but I want them to look like the best. If I know a company like Vinegar Syndrome or Arrow touches them, I don't have to like worry about getting my like replacement disc. Even though Arrow True. fucking does replacement disc a lot too, they all do. They all do replacement disc. Let's be honest, yeah. they all fuck up. But I I always just think Vinegar Syndrome's like I just always like because I've seen them pick up movies that are like crap. Like movies, I was like, this is a piece of shit. I get it, and I watch it, and it's so remastered. I'm like, this is pretty decent now. You know what I mean? Man. They've made, they've polished turds. I didn't think it was possible. Like, Christine, you can't polish a turd. They're polishing <laughs> turds. Like, and some yeah. of them are pretty good, much better than expected. It helps. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, you can't go talking about Friday 13th if you don't mention Amy Steele. I mean, she's pretty much the most popular final girl in this franchise and probably gives a run uh, for Jamie Lee Curtis, honestly, a run for her money. People just like her. For one movie on top of it. Jamie Lee Curtis has all those movies. Not to knock Laurie Strode, because I love. if no. it was just Halloween, 1978, and nothing else, I would still love the Laurie Strode character. It doesn't make yeah. a difference. But she does have that... You know that she's come back two, three, and then the new trilogy. She's come yeah. back. You know she's what I mean? She's been there so, seven times. Seven times played that character, right? Yeah. Let me. There's one. There's two, and then there's H two O, and then Resurrection, Resurrection, and then the trilogy. Yeah, yeah the new seven one. Seven right. fucking times. So I mean, that's that's big. Ginny, one, Amy, Steele, one more time than Loomis shot Myers. <laughs> and also, <laughs> actually, the right amount of times he shot him in part two. I was gonna say. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep the seven shots yeah yeah seven shots <laughs> oh that's great but you know see for friday the 13th and, and amy Steele, she's only gone up one time she's known for this role she's even done other roles uh and april fool's day she's an april, april fool's, fool's day. day 
which she's fine in, but something about her, it's, I hate to overblow it, but it's like it was a perfect storm in different ways having these people. And, you know, let's face it, nobody's an, an, an Academy Award winning performer as, as far as acting is concerned. But ah, Crazy I, Ralph. Well, Gorney, yeah. I'm just kidding. I just like him. Oh, funny. I, I thought maybe <laughs> you threw like something that. I didn't. You didn't know he was in the, he was in the background of all of the cuckoo's nests. <laughs> he would fit in. He, he could have he could have played Michael Berryman's role. You know, he's just in the background like this in that movie. Right. That could have been that could have been Crazy Ralph, like drooling. <laughs> we gave this guy a bottle of liquor. He's been standing there all fucking day. Cheapest guy we paid for. <laughs> awesome man. Is well, he boy. saying? Are you kidding? <laughs> right. I'm gonna see another one. They okay, R2. Let's think about this. They get him to it's not a big deal, it's just Walt Gorney, but still, <laughs> they still got him to come back for part two. How many times have you watched a horror movie and some some character that's there, but it kind of makes a name for himself? He, he's fun, he's funny, yeah, doesn't come back in the next one. It doesn't they usually, usually kill him. He comes back for part seven, too. It's true, he does. He does the intro. You're right. It's cool. <laughs> awesome. It's probably it's the cool. coolest part of part seven, to be honest. Um, Betsy yeah. Palmer comes back for a second, too. Huge. Yes. That to me, like the Ginny scene is awesome and what's happening and her, you know, being psychological with Jason and playing in. But the thing is, it, it is so huge to have Betsy Palmer come back and to read those lines, Jason mother is talking to you after you know after amy Steele delivers it the other way it's just it's just it's such an impact to have that it just in the, in those few minutes it just it makes that scene even better i mean i think it's a great scene i mean i think that's the reason you know Ginny is holding held in such high regard is that you know she faces off with jason verbally and does that thing at the end psychology you know but having betsy palmer there in the movie as well it just elevated that scene even more. Uh, it, it's great. I'm so happy they got her. Uh, I mean, I think Amy Steele has a good thing going on. She's a character um, because she's tough. Jenny's tough and she's smart. That's that's a good combination. She's also, she's not, she's like pretty, but she's not like that kind of typical like, oh, you know, like drooling guys over her. Like she's like uh, the one you take home to mother. You know what I mean? In exactly. that kind of way, like very much so. And in a way, like not as much, not as dramatic but her situation's not as dramatic. Like, she's kind of got a Sarah from Day of the Dead thing going on, where she's got it all. Like, there's nothing missing. Like, right. you know, she's not over the top too fake. She's a very realistic, but just well-rounded, has every aspect you would want. Being smart, tough, sensitive, and compassionate, while also being, like, decent-looking. So you're like, I mean, what what else is there? There's nothing else to ask for in that kind of character. You know what I mean? You're right. Yeah, um, she nails it. She's cool. You know what I mean? She's... Like you said, all those attributes, she she has them, and she, you know, she still parties a little bit. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, she's not uptight, but she's also not a maniac. Right. Well-rounded. Definitely, and she's got Jason's number right off the bat when they're having the conversation in the bar. When do you see somebody in any of these movies talk about the killer in that way, say, well, well, let's look past the legend here. And then she gets into that whole thing and that whole, you know, which is great. See, that's the thing about the script here. Is that they could have cheaped out? I mean, it's tough. It's tough enough to make this movie to follow up part one when you've killed your main villain, and all yeah. you have is that jump scare at the end. Okay, here you go. Start to work on a new one. And if you don't have Jason, then what are you gonna do? Try to have like another? It, it's tough to write, especially. You'd have to have Crazy Ralph. You'd do Crazy right. Ralph. 
You'd have to, or or some other right. guy from town. Like who who else? Or you you literally would have to just do something off the cuff that did not involve it. I don't know how. Do you know what I mean? Right, and and, and you have to have a real good a reason like crazy Ralph I guess there is kind of a reason there he wants to keep everybody out he's crazy whatever but if if it did get revealed that it was him it would have been okay but it's not like Jason like Jason he's, he's fucking scary like even the even seeing his shadow the very first time when um the crew when they're outside with the right Pakanak Lodge and they're going inside and the kid rolls up the flag and the four of them go inside and they just have that one they just hold it for five seconds. They just hold the shot and then you see Jason slinking in just his shadow and you can see by the by the reflection that something's up with his head. It doesn't look like a per, a regular person <laughs> walking. I mean you you may not know there's a bag, but something looks freaking suspicious about this cat. And you know, you know, it's the killer. And it's just you don't even see him with that mask on until an hour in like five minutes into the movie, which by the way, runs for an hour and 25 minutes. And the first 14 minutes are freaking flashback and credits. So this yeah. movie in or out, with the boom. murder scene in the very beginning, honestly, it's a very quick yeah. movie. Like that's what I was talking about. Like usually the movies you watch a bunch, it's an hour and 26 minutes with like credits yeah. and shit. That's so quick. Monster squad's yes. an hour and 25. It's easy. These are easy to watch. Movies that are under 90 minutes, you'll revisit a lot. A lot better, too. You know, you don't need a million years to tell the story. So as far as the characters are concerned, I I really think that they do a pretty good job here. I think the big slashers that typically, you know, from 81 that hold up are the ones that have the really good characters. For the most part, I like almost all the 81 slashers, even the crappy ones I like. Like, Me, too. But but, but the the top tier ones, like My Bloody Valentine, The Burning, Friday 2, Halloween 2, they have they have really solid characters. Happy birthday to me. I think that all yeah. the characters are good. I remember them. And I, I like to watch them for the most part. None of them are too annoying or too shitty or, or just bad actors. Or, I mean, the acting varies, but most of them are likable or watchable. Right. And if you maybe get one one asshole of the bunch, maybe. And They're honestly, still funny, though. Right. Right, they are still funny. Like, I mean, the one guy, yeah, if you look at Halloween too, you have Bud. Who's he's not, not even an that asshole. big of an asshole. He's just, no, he's, he's just not, high. But he's, he's just, just high. A little, true. He just he's just high. high. I mean, he just like, speaks his mind. Right. Yeah, it's, he's just goofy. I mean, he's high. But uh, yeah, he's fine. See, that's something nowadays that slashers don't get. Back in 81, which you are right, what you said in the beginning, it is my favorite year of horror. Yeah. And I think it's a lot of people's. If you really, if you really have them look horror fancy, look at all the every year what's going on and and what was released. I think a lot of people would would have eighty one close to the top, if not the top. Yeah, it's one of them. I, 80, 81, 82, 85, 86, 87, 88 are all just like these years are all amazing. Yeah, you know, yeah, I they, mean, 80, they were eighty three, eighty four, and eighty nine are good, but they're not. As, as good as the other ones it's just hard to pick it's hard to pick 10 good your 10 favorites from those years when you have more than 10 good movies that you're like i love i don't know what to do like I, there's 20 there's at least 25 good movies that's a great year yeah man especially for back then because they didn't make that many movies like they do now there's like 500 horror movies made a year now to a thousand back then that's there was a like a hundred 200 you know 200 if you're lucky 200 if you're lucky Oh yeah, because they weren't really yeah. eighty one. They weren't really in the VHS market as yeah. much. 
that came kind of like more in the middle eighties, you know, the mid eighties yeah. when everyone, then you started getting direct to VHS movies where in the past they played at theaters and that's it. There was no home theater. That didn't yeah. become a thing yet. Now and a, lo a lot of shit another... we could get, we could get it. Like half those movies are foreign too. That didn't get released here for five, 10 years or ever, never. You know what I mean? Dude, so like, there's probably like 50, 50 to 60 horror movies released that widely a year that you could grab, you know, probably about a it's, it, it's just weird that, and it, to somebody who started watching horror later, yeah, maybe wouldn't understand, but this does happen to me sometimes. I end up having blind spots on some movies in the 80s, particularly foreign ones. And it's like, I like to say, you know, I rented five days a week. We rented the whole horror section. And is it an exaggeration? Uh, I'm sure. But we still did a lot. But at the end of the day, I'm talking to horror fans. It happens with moods a lot when we talk. And he's surprised that I have this movie as a blind spot, being when it's from the 80s or something. And I'm like, you guys have to realize, when I was renting in the 80s, it's like you said, a lot of these movies, they just weren't on the shelf. So I didn't even, I, I heard, I knew of their existence, yeah. but I never got to really see them until they got released on, on DVD, at least, in like probably the 2000s, the early yeah. 2000s. So if you weren't visiting it then and there, and if you're not really a big blind buyer... It's different. Back in the day, you just rent stuff on the shelf. You spend your $2 or your dollar or whatever the hell, it, and, and you take a chance and you run it. But it's like, people think that everything that was there in the 80s was there. No. It really wasn't. Yeah, like like Suspiria, even. I had to order it. That wasn't I easy to find. It on my shelf. Right. I, I think I like, saw a fucking cut VHS, and that was when I was, I had to wait till I was 13, yeah. 14 years old. And that was already after being four. That was already 10 years of renting before I found a video store that had it. And this was some random video store that had a back room full of everything. And this was right. probably 2000, probably about 98, no, two, 98 to 2000. And that's when I started seeing a lot of that weird shit or video stores that imported weird shit, like, or had all the weird SOV shit that no one else had. But if you right. literally were in a small town or you had access to one or two video stores and no other ones, there's always a couple tapes that are just rented out perfectly because someone stole them. So they're gone. <laughs> True, you're right. And that was trolled to at my video store. God knows that it was fucking dodging a bullet there. But <laughs> I was like, I was a kid. I was like, where's Troll 2? I want to see Trolls because the cover is awesome. It's a big troll in the doorway. You're right. like, oh, bro, what's this? I love Troll 1. Then you get Troll 2. You're like, what the fuck was that? And then everyone's like, it's so good. I'm like, no, bro. I, I went to a different video store, found Troll 2, watched it, and was like, okay. Like, I wasn't right. mad. I was just like, what? It is all right. <laughs> I was like yeah. ten. I was like, "What the fuck was that?" But uh, no, a lot of places just didn't have it. They carried certain no. movies, or they sold off their stock, and they didn't have the movies you were looking for. You know, so that's like sometimes you didn't even know they existed. The only thing that was we your friend was know. a movie book, and you're like, well, "It was so cool to walk into a video store that you'd never been in and see like five or six movies you'd never heard of." And just, what the fuck is this? Even if it oh. turned up being shit, like the cover of Demons of Paradise. That was one that I saw, and I was like, "Yeah, the girl like, swimming." The, yeah, the creature from the black yeah. goat thing trying to yes. grab the half naked chick. I was like, "What is uh -huh. this? I never seen this one." And I was like, "Why? I want this." It was for sale. Like, how much is this? Was like when the VHS were dying. It was like thirteen dollars. We're not paying thirteen dollars at this day and age, and like two thousand for a VHS. That should be a dollar thing. Right. Right. But yes. no, like that was it was so cool back then. But now everything is everywhere, and no one gives a shit. They could find it, but they still don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's no fun back then. I mean, I I wish I would have got to see everything, but. It's also not as fun when it's there at the click of a button. It just isn't. It just isn't. Even my daughter, who's 17, will tell you. She goes, she says that to me a few times. She's like, it's, you guys had fun in the 80s. She, taught, like, she can appreciate yeah. 
when I talk about everything and the experience of going to a video store and everything else and the difference of just pressing a button. And it's like, yeah, we didn't have everything back then. And we didn't know their existence. You know how I knew their existence? Because of Fangoria had the oh, yeah. video chopping list. And it was, and they would have that little thing in Fangoria and they'd be like the empty the little checklist of movies that were going to be released on video that month, which that month, which didn't really even happen until like, I don't know. I'm going to say 83 when they started yeah. getting that series about promoting videotapes. So that's how we would find out. And then we would look, okay, let's, let's see what this movie comes in. And then we would sometimes look for them, but a lot of times, like the foreign ones, like we said. Yeah. They just, wouldn't even get in. No, no, you wouldn't get them. It was just, it, it's a whole different thing. And you wouldn't even know they were foreign half the time until like, I mean, like you went with a wizard video released a bunch of them. Charlie band released a bunch of those and foreign movies that you didn't know were foreign. But uh, Friday, Friday, I think Friday Thirteenth. I can't imagine a video store without having the Friday movies. At least, uh, they always had them. I remember renting a bunch of them, and I had them on VHS as a kid. I think I had the first, um, at least the first six or seven on VHS, and I would watch them, you know. But uh, two, two was one. Honestly, I liked. I always liked the first five or six. I always liked them, um, but. I started growing a bigger appreciation for parts one and two, listening to your guys' podcast originally. Oh, right on. Nice. Yeah, because I, I mean, I like them, but as I got older, the more I would I would go back to like one and two. I love five. Five's my favorite. It's there's fun. no yeah. way There's no way anybody be like, what's the best one? I'm not going to tell you five. I just like five the best because it's weird yeah. and sleazy. But I really think that the first five are all really great movies. I could watch them anytime, um, to be honest. Definitely. I think they're all very entertaining. And I think one and two grew on me because they have that weird kind of, carry over from the 70s especially the first one yeah you know it's yes. just, that definitely it's definitely there and i think just cutting him overall is a little sleazy he's, i think he's just kind of a sleazy producer <laughs> right. so i think it does carry into the first two for sure um especially the the skinny dipping scene here which i didn't register it's not quite as sleazy as the burning which is almost the exact same scene i because i think the scene the skinny dipping scene in the burning makes me kind of sick she's Wait remember that eddie brings her out there and he's like she strips and she looks like she's 10 years old and oh she oh crying. and you get mad like, at her yeah you're just like this is just when you're like well, when you're young yeah. you're like yeah eh. right. but then when you're older you're like this is just off-putting like yeah. it's not at least in friday she's just like i'm just gonna strip nude and jump in the thing there's nothing weird about it you know right no yeah. it was it was cool and people wanted to see it and yeah. <laughs> you get your tna and see that's the girl i mean terry yeah. is the girl that everybody was kind of into uh, yeah. You know, you're saying like, you know, like Amy Steele's pretty and all that other stuff, but like, yeah. not their personality and that kind of character like Terry. Even though Terry was kind of tight ass and kept refusing the guy that was flirting with her. Yeah. But then again, who could blame her because he was kind of coming on strong. See, he was kind of douchey. He was kind of douchey. He was. He was. He was like that kind of suave guy that's actually really douchey at the same time. Like, you know what I mean? Like overly cheesy, douchey kind of thing. He was a little douchey. I mean, the other guys, I think I, I like better. Uh, yeah. Mark in a wheelchair and uh, and Jeff with Sandra. He was a cool cat, you know. So the, and, the and uh, of course Paul, yeah, the main counselor Paul. Yeah. He's okay. Yeah. I mean, well, he's a good actor. The acting's fine, but he's just kind of he's a little. I, I, I the guy in the wheelchair is probably the coolest guy. And in fact, those two are actually the the best. Um, what's the girl's name with the uh, that's Paramount. Sandra? The Jeff one and Sandra. Who, yeah, I feel. I mean, no, uh, the wheelchair guy's Mark and the other girl. Vicky. Oh. Oh, yeah, Vicky. Uh -huh. I feel bad for those two because, like, they actually genuinely seem like they're enjoying their time when they get killed. And they're just like, 
And she's got that little nice touch with the perfume that always cracks me up. Oh, <laughs> the, little, the little spray down there. Yeah, I mean, like, with the brown, with the always, brown underwear. That's always, <laughs> I, I wonder if she improv that, because that's just such a nice little touch where she's just like, sprays it. It's a good touch. It's a good touch, for sure. Uh-huh, it is cool, yeah. yeah. I wonder if that's improv or not. Oh, I'd like to find out, like the interviewer or something. It might be. It might be. It's funny uh, with the guy in the wheelchair because they give him like just that moment. It was like, I don't think I'm going to be on this wheelchair the rest of my life. And you're just thinking, no, you're going to be in a fucking grave, buddy. Like you're in a Friday yeah, right. the 13th movie. But you just like, they give him this moment just to be like, I have hope. And then when he gets killed, right? it does the sound effect from like all the fighting games from the 90s where it's like, uh, 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 uh. Yes. <laughs> it, does it echoes. Why yeah. would they do that to the poor bastard? I fucking know. It's bad but enough. Then, yeah, and then, and then they show the wheelchair go down. I swear they're trying to one up Texas Chainsaw. They had to have like yeah. But every every time I see a guy in a wheelchair, I just I'm like in a horror movie. I'm just like, what are we doing here? Like, what is right. this shit? Like, what are we fucking doing here? Like, we know what this is fucking. Oh. Like, we know what we're doing, but it's just it's ridiculous. That's got to be one of the best deaths in the movie though, too. Because I guess people oh, would expect man. you're not gonna kill the guy in a wheelchair, are you? It's like. Yeah, we're going to kill the guy in the wheelchair as worse as we possibly can. Yeah, man. That's... And it's weird because I watch it and I'm trying to figure... Is, it has to be a dummy in that chair, right? It can't be it a stuntman. It doesn't no. look like a dummy, though. But you know that's what? Def- he, that's not Steve Dash. It, who? I don't know who... It's got to be a dummy, but it doesn't look like one. And this is what's bothering me about it. Because I'm like, I could it be a person in that? Could it be Steve Dash? I don't. We would have found out by now. But Maybe. when you look at it, that's how he got that look fucking at bruise it. on his nail. That fucking. You ever notice how bruised his fucking nails are in this? Oh, movie? the nail when he's going after Vicky. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, sure. He got he got his ass kicked. He got a freaking in in the final scene. Yeah. He got the freaking the slice, likes his middle finger. Yeah. Yeah, man. But that's that's the gig. That's he's that's a stuntman. gig. You know. I do like how Jason reacts because he's he's human in this. He's still alive. Uh, that's I why love I, that. I, I don't think he's a ghost. I think he no. is alive because, like that, he would have to be. Because, like, when she comes at him with a chainsaw, I laugh every time because he's like, "Fuck, fuck, fuck!" Like he right. really does. <laughs> oh, shit. Like does that? He really moves like a real guy. He's like, "Oh shit!" Like right, that was the acting. Like they just put the real chainsaw at him. He's just like, "Oh shit!" Like getting the fuck out of it. <laughs> totally, man. Yeah, and any other one, he just would have. He would have just fucking. He, he wouldn't have even flinched barely. Oh. See, this is what it is. This is why I love this one, is that it has that feel where he's still human, and that's what makes it more scary and believable. Uh, I mean, we do have all these great jump scares in, in the final act, which all really, they're all earned. They all work for me. I think it's great. And him with that mask, it's just damn scary. And that's the thing. Like, I, I realized I put on the Blu-ray. Not that I had to watch it again, but I do. Yeah. <laughs> but I did. And, and it's like... When I put in the Blu-ray and I hear that the title menu comes up and I hear the music, dun, 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 dun. and I'm thinking, man, do do slashers even try to be scary anymore? Because this they try to be funny, which is the I was mentioning that yesterday when we did EH that that is a major problem. It's it's almost it's the post scream effect, which doesn't need to be there. That was '96. They yeah. started, you know, and they stopped doing slashers for. I don't know, eight to ten years probably after that. And, yeah, I mean, we do get a couple good ones that aren't comical. But you're right. A lot of them go that way. And it's just like, see, a human being is scary because you can relate to it. 
if you see a guy with a bag on his head running after you, that's 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 a lot scarier than I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you're like, what the hell's this dude's deal? He's got a fucking bag on his head. Yeah. Yeah. We need you it's acting creepy. funny like we need a bag on our head. Uh, fucking line. <laughs> but no, um, I, it's not about the overly humorous. That's not weird because in Friday the 13th, people say funny shit. Crazy Ralph's funny, but only because the situation's so fucked up. Like, you're like, can you imagine this old fucking crazy guy? I could. I could see it happening. <laughs> so it's funny. I mean, like, it's not funny to the characters. It shouldn't be because it's creepy. But outside right. viewer, it's funny. But, like, I guess the tone is that they're they're being too self-aware. They're like, isn't this goofy? It's like, yes, we get it. We fucking get it. You don't need to tell us. It's just, it, everything is so overpronounced. I just, yeah. it's so hard to do a slasher now. I mean, there's been ones that are self-aware and clever that I love. But after a while, the shit gets old. I feel like the movies that come from over, like, different countries just don't do it as much when they, when they do it. I don't think they got that screen memo. They just do whatever the fuck they want. So, so they don't seem as forced like that. Like, what was that one uh, last matinee that came out? A I was going to say, there's that no humor in that. And it's, right. I mean, there probably is humor, but it's it's just by character dialogue. Like, like, why are you being such an idiot? That kind of shit, which is right. funny sometimes, but, but it's not goofy. It's weird, but it's not goofy. Right. And that's fine. I just don't want yeah. goofy. And that's what that's what it, it becomes, where it's like, I was going to say last matinee. I was going to mention uh, Girl House. There's a couple Girl ones. Good. They're just straight up. I mean, headless. There's no fucking comedy in that at all. That's just I mean, brutal. The characters are stupid. Some of the characters okay. are goofy, but they're not. When the killer's there, the killer is scary. They're not making right. comments about the killer being a slasher. No one's saying, "Oh my god, this guy's just like Jason Voorhees." You know what I mean? Like they're not making a stupid <laughs> right. ass joke like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, thank God I smoked this weed so this killer can chop my. You know what I'm saying? Like, just it's just like I don't know. You don't want people characters remarking on the fact that they're being killed. That's the worst. It, There's no, it, yeah. You can get away with it. It's just like when, and I like movies like that. I don't hate movies like that. But when every movie's like that, shit gets old. It's too much. We need to see more. And it's and I say this ad nauseum on podcasts and things that it just seems like such a simple, simple thing to do. Get some kids, put them in a place where they're secluded, and just have them killed one by one in cool, creative ways. How hard can it be? Have a decent final girl. It sounds like it's the easy... I mean, in, in a way, it is easy. That's why people were making so many of them in 81 on the cheap. Yeah. It's an easy concept, yet it just seems they're they're not doing it. But the, the thing is this. I think they would work because they're scary. There's nothing scary. You don't think people want to go... People nowadays, you know what they're scared by? Supernatural shit. Yeah. They want to go see The Conjuring and the universe I'm not scared there. Of that. And, well, there you go. And, you know what was a good one? That came out. That's not exactly a slasher, but it, it's good. Uh, the rental. Oh, I love love the rental. Yeah, that was a good one, and that was scary yes. as fuck. That was scary. yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, and I, there's and, comedy in that, but it's only because of, uh, situational comedy. Like the guy who comes to fix the shit, and he's like, "Where'd you put the camera?" He's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Like that whole right. dialogue between that guy, his action, his his reactions are like, "What, what the fuck?" Like that was great. <laughs> right. Well, you have to have humor. For levity. It's, you have to have a little. I'm not yeah. against humor. I'm against what we see now. A lot of straight up comedy or a gimmick or making the characters excessively nauseating and a bunch of assholes, which you do see, which sometimes I won't get into it, but we bodies, bodies, bodies. We were talking about it yesterday. That's a modern day slasher. And there happens to be a lot of stuff going on in there with the dialogue, which is very, you know, 2023. Yeah. 
and people are saying these terms and that. But the thing is, the point of that movie was it was dark satire, yeah. where I didn't mind it there, and the characters are supposed to be that way. Other people just look at it and immediately dismiss it. So I'm open to satire, and I'm open to you it's know, definitely black satire. So is uh, yeah. what's the one with the girls? Uh, Tragedy Girls, great movie. Oh, satire. I love it. Satirical. Yes. It's satirical. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, that's different. It's not scary at all. It's fucking morbid and actually more depressing than actual fuck-up movies because I think it's it's more reality than you would like to admit. But it's I, sad I, you know, for that, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess we should get back to Friday. Um, what, what, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it happens. That's what we're all here for. What is uh, Who's your favorite killing here? Ooh, wow. That's a good question. The favorite kill. I mean, I guess I would have to go with Mark. I guess it would have to be wheelchair. Uh, just, uh, uh, <laughs> it kicks ass. What can you say? Awesome. I wish I, they would have left the gore in because you know whose kill was amazing? Was Scott hanging there upside down? Oh, that was pretty gory, yeah. Which is cool as it is, but when you see the uncut one, yeah. holy shit. That, that was like something you would have seen in The Prowler, which is some of Savini's best slasher work period in that movie. it's so funny how the prowler and the burning i think the burning was cut originally but the prowler i don't think was cut maybe because it was so cheap and just gritty and no one gave a fuck but the prowler i think got away uncut uh, my bloody valentine was a paramount if it's paramount they're cutting it paramount's a bunch of pussies when it comes to that stuff well back it wasn't then, even paramount then. though remember it's MPAA. Yeah, but they picked it up they picked it, it up pissed. and they probably cut it they cut it to ribbons i bet when paramount was going to yeah. distribute it true probably. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Who knows the history? I should know. I fucking doing a show on 81. I should fucking know the history of my buddy Valentine's MPA, right? But, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I think Mark's the best kill. I love Crazy Ralph that he comes back and his kill is pretty <laughs> decent. Brutal. I mean, that's a horrible way to kill Crazy Ralph. Um, wish oh, yeah. But uh, who else is there? What about the kids? What about Jeff and Sandra? That was great, especially Uncut. uncut. The Bay of Blood? Dude, yes. Uncut yeah, is just as good as the Bay of Blood kill. Um, yeah. I don't, they always say Steve Miner never saw it. I'll believe that, but I'll tell you what, your special effects artist, he saw it. Carl Fullerton? I mean, it's who, possible whoever because did. he... Somebody did. Somebody he was, saw a, it. he was, Stan Winston was actually going to come in initially, and then there was some type of scheduling conflict, yeah. but I believe Carl Fullerton was an associate or a, a protege of Stan Winston. So there is a good chance, yeah. The thing Somebody it, it's like what it. you were saying earlier, though. It's a foreign movie. He was yeah, even but, calling a twitch of the death nerve, which everybody called when it first got released on yeah. DVD because that's what they knew it as. So Bay of Blood sat there, and it's like I said earlier, you couldn't watch those foreign movies. How were you going to get to them? Bay of Blood was 71, though. It would have hit circulation over here. You by would the, think. It, it I didn't see it on VHS, I'll tell you that. When they put it out at, at points, it, I don't know if in Italy they called it Last House on the Left Part 2, even though it was made before Last oh. House on the Left. So the fucking yeah. thing, it got circulated. I think it got circulated over here. And a lot of those guys, they would play like Dario's movies in New York and shit. So I feel like Bava got played because you got Lisa and the Devil, which is AK House of Exorcism, which is recut. I am fairly certain that Bay of Blood got some screening in the United States before Friday 1 and 2 were made because they basic the plot off the lake in the first one. I just think somebody saw it. I'm not saying the director or maybe the writer. Somebody saw that. Because a lot of times, like, if you're like Romero, remember he used to tell Savini, like, for Dawn of the Dead, he's like, we're making a new movie. Start thinking of ways to kill people. 
Right. You know, not all the directors sit there and think about all the deaths. They're just, just like, I got a special effects guys. These guys love this sick shit. Like, like they, if it, with Fred Vogel, he's just like, he knows that he, him and like Jeremy Cruz will just sit around all the toe tag people and just think of really nasty ways to kill people for movies. They're like, Jeremy Cruz is like king of that shit. You know, he's just his fucking thing. He likes to, you know, just make the gnarliest effects he can. So, I mean, the spe- a lot of the special effects guys just like to just do crazy shit to see if they can. Yeah, and I think it's a great idea to sit. That's what I would do if I were making a slasher. Yeah. Okay, everything else I'll fill in the blanks. Right now, I want to know how I'm going to kill and what what's going to happen, and do I have the budget to make it look the way I want to make it, yeah. and then go with that. But I mean, yeah, the kills, even though they are cut, they're still, still interesting nonetheless. They're still good, and you know, when we get to Jason at the end, that's that's all great too. I mean, the machete yeah. in which you could see so much better now. Uh, oh, yeah. with, the, with the restorations of everything. I, when I was a kid and I was watching it on VHS, like Friday 2, when she put the machete down, it cuts really quick. And I always focused on the that black thing that he has uh, wrapped around the, the, um, the mask to keep it held together. And yeah. for some reason, I, I noticed that and I thought it was a hook going into the back of his neck. I couldn't even really see the machete. But I don't know. Maybe it, that's just me. The Blu-ray <laughs> like, looks great now. The Blu-ray Boy, looks spectacular. It. I was like, oh, this looks yeah. really good. I haven't watched this this uh, cut yet, the Screen Factory one, and it looked way better than I think I'd ever mm-hmm. seen it look. Um, this Originally in the opening, the, the 5.1 mix, I was like, that's not great. And then like it picked up, and I was like, all right, it's a lot better. But in the first opening, I was kind of like surprised how quiet it was, I mean, and everything with uh, Alice getting killed, which a lot of people, fans, have the theory that Alice actually doesn't get killed. But you can have that theory, but I think the initial part of the film was to kill her. I think they were killing her. Or she was. Who said? Wait a minute. I never heard somebody say she wasn't killed. Well, a lot of people uh, want to say that it was a nightmare that she was having and stuff like that. But Oh, so Jason never went to the house because yeah. it's so out of his. Yeah. Even though he wasn't established yet, kind of, right? Like, kind of like there's so many of those things where, like, Freddy can't leave the dream. It's like, this is part two. He's leaving the dream already. This like, Jason, right. I mean, the, they, they made Jason who he was after this movie so jason right. i guess it's not you know that's why when people are like when i watch like watch like people are arguing about predators like predator or the pre- movies predators like predator doesn't wouldn't do that according to this i'm like i'm basing it off the first movie and in the first movie predator did that so fuck off yeah, <laughs> like, right in, you know, yeah. i'm just saying I'm like all that other shit it to me is is fan fiction like i know it sounds weird True. but like not not the Friday movies. I'm just saying. I, I know there's a whole world of Predator, but it's just weird when like so many things are like being used to argue, and it's just like, but I don't know, was it the original writer who wrote that stuff? Victor Miller wrote a lot of the, uh, or just the original characters. Did he write all the Friday movies? The, the Paramount. He wrote all of one, and then he wrote two, but all but they brought in Ron Kurz, so it it's, it has two script writers, and I think that Ron Kurz actually was responsible for more of it because you can clearly see. See, there you go. Look at the dialogue in part one. As much as I love part one, they're just talking about freaking nothing. They're they're strumming a guitar. Yeah. They're talking about Monopoly and it's raining. It, there's nothing really going on. Part two, there's dialogue that works from start to finish. It's yeah. that's what's good about it. It, it flows. It, you like the characters. It's better directed too. It definitely. See, see, there's another thing. It's better direct. Something about the movie. It's better directed. It looks good. It sounds good. It's edited well. There's there's really, if you look at all the other slashers from that time, you know, and I'm not saying the top of the line, not, but even if you look at My Bloody Valentine and The Prowler and whatnot and The Burning, 
you can see a difference between Friday the 13th Part 2 and that. It's just, Friday 2 just, I don't know, it just, it has a different look, feel, and it just, and I, obviously they must have some kind of budget, and I wish I would have known the exact, but they gave him a little money, but Paramount never really gave him a shit ton at all. Paramount's really sh- treated the Friday movies really shitty, you know, like, they did. They, they always gave him so much money and everything, and they're just embarrassed by it because, like, the critics. Fuck the critics. Well, now oh, they shit. don't care. It's a business. It's a business. I mean, they're and the movies, money. people remember the Friday movies. No one remembers, you know, what was fucking uh, their favorite movie that week. No one fucking remembers. No one talks about it, right? Everybody's talking right. about the Friday movie still to this day. So that's that's weird. I mean, horror. I mean, horror has kept Universal alive through the Universal Monster movies. It built new lines, uh, new line cinema, and yeah. it probably kept Paramount just a, a steady paycheck to make whatever they want. And I, I like all types of movies. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, it's just like don't stick your nose up in the Friday movies. Literally, like because all like half the directors you like making movies now grew up on that shit. So. Exactly, and I dare you to make a better slasher now. It's it, 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 you would think you could do it. It just doesn't. It just doesn't get done. I can't tell you the last time I saw a slasher that wowed me. That it just doesn't happen. And maybe it's part of nostalgia talking. I don't know, but I also think 20, 30 years from now, the generation that's young now, I think that they would they would probably rather watch a Friday the Thirteenth than I don't know. Think of a think of a slasher from two thousand tens. That's good. I just they'll they'll come and go. I, I I just feel Friday the Thirteenth because it became this household name that, that it is now, and now with the show coming up and everything, it's got the it title just took on too. a life. The title has it's such a great title. It's such I an know, iconic right? title, Friday the Thirteenth, and, and and that before even that, it, thirteen is such a bad luck number. You know, we don't even have the thirteenth floor, right? Right. So I mean, it, that was a genius idea, and, and so was the last house on the left. I mean, Cunningham knows mm. how to sell a product. I'll tell you that. Um, True. So we're looking here. What do, what do you think exactly happened at the ending? I'm trying to think. Do you think that she stopped Jason after Paul was killed or not killed? We don't know. She got passed out. She fell out of the cabin or something, woke up getting taken in the ambulance. Because you think if she passed out in that kill shack, that those bodies wouldn't be there. Even though it caved in, they would have cleaned up the bodies, right? So she had to right. get out of the kill shack unless they couldn't get in there because it caved in. Hmm. I thought about that. Wow. I was like, did she walk out of that cabin, the kill shack, and pass out? Did Jason? Or maybe pull her she out? Yeah, see, maybe she didn't maybe she did see I, I've gone back and forth on this, but the problem is Paul. I could easily say, yes, this is what happened, and this is a dream sequence for sure. Because the thing with Muffin coming and, and, and Jason dead. jumping through the window. I know people are yes. like, that wasn't Muffin. That's fucking Muffin's dead. Muffin got yeah, ripped it, to shreds. Yes. Doesn't yes. mean Jason killed her. They they assume Jason killed the dog, but the dog's dead from whatever reason. We see the dog dead. Yeah, hundred percent. We see the dog dead. There's no question that's the dog. And if you you can't tell now with the Blu-ray, then I don't know why. Because it, it took me time, bro. Again, I see it's from teeth. VHS. Uh, I see that? the dog's teeth. You can see it's yes, fucking you, teeth. Yes, clear as day. Those teeth. Yes. Yeah. So it, it is the dog. It is dead. It is a dream sequence at the end. So, but the thing is, where because Paul's gone. Yeah, right at the end what what happens well, yeah because where's paul and there's no answer D- did it happen in the shack did paul even appear in the shack or did paul get killed in in the scene earlier with oh there's someone in this fucking room and they had that oh, and then shit. she runs off what if jason yeah. killed paul then 
And then everything from then, she does run to Jason's shack. Everything happens except for Paul showing up at the end going, Jenny, and that. Maybe so that's it. what if Paul did chase her back to the shack, defended her, got killed when Jason's on top of him? Because he, you, there's a point when he's about to hit the axe or pickaxe, and she runs up behind him, machetes him. He could have already been dead by the time she hit him with the machete. So Paul could have died in the shack, too. Paul has two yeah. chances to be dead. And that's when she fucking, after he got fucked up and fell down, she might have fucking wandered out of the shack and passed out or passed out close to the door of the shack. What the fuck ever. And she wakes up and then they pull her out and she's like, what the fuck? And then because they, they cut back to the, the, the cabin and you see that, you know, Alice's body's still there and, and Kristen's body's still there and the fucking head's still there. Unless, like right. I said, that's just like they just cut back to that just for the fuck of it, right? Well, he's supposed to be dead because the initial ending was supposed to be where's Paul, where's Paul? And then they show, um, you know, Betsy Palmer's head there. And open it eyes, yeah. Yeah, or smiles or whatever the smiles, hell it was. Smiles, yeah, yeah. As a, basically, that was basically saying Paul's dead. I, You know what I mean? I don't know. That, that was supposed to be the answer to her question. Paul's gone. But and in part a, three, they make reference. That's a little vague, though, for a Friday movie. It's a little vague. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, I just... Yeah. Uh, and, and the funny thing is people that have been in the movie. You know, they, I, I've read so many things. I've watched so many things. Nobody even necessarily has the definite answer. Everybody just has their own theories, much like we would. And yeah. It's just like nobody knows for sure. But I can tell you in part three, when they talk about the amount of bodies they found from part two, which was the night before... That would have included Paul. And, and I, this is going deep in the woods with it, though, but um, the, the guy, the new harbinger of doom that comes out, find, found an eyeball. And if it's a real eyeball, whose would it be? Nobody lost an eye in freaking in, in part two. That won't, We saw them get killed. Anything through the eye or anything like that. Maybe, in a way, they're saying that, you know, Paul lost his eye or something. I don't know. I mean, that could be anybody's eye, though. There's a bunch of dead yes, bodies. Yes, it could. So, how many bodies they say on the shack? So, we got Alice, Crazy yep. Ralph, the cop. Well, we can't count Alice because Alice happened five years prior. Yeah, but her dead body's in the shack. <gasps> oh, oh, oh. She is in the shack. That's true. Okay, so, let's count Alice. Alice. So, I guess she was just missing. Okay. Yeah. Alice, Ralph, the cop. And then you got... Uh, Kristen and the uh, uh, Todd you gotta yep. get hung upside that's five and then you got the two having sex on the bed and then you got the Mark and uh, Vicky that's nine and then ten would be Paul unless they count Pamela Voorhees' corpse but she's already dead so I'd say ten including Paul. right right and I can't yeah and I'd have to watch part three to, to, to tell you, all I know is that when we covered them for Exploding Heads and I yeah. was watching them all one after the other and taking all these extensive notes, that was something I noticed at the time where I was like, okay, this is the amount of bodies. And actually, I probably have the notes somewhere. Either way, the eyeball. Yeah, I... Who knows? Who knows? But I'll say this. Jason is smarter in this movie as well. He does oh, yeah. things that take... He's calculated. It isn't just like a dumb shark. You know what I mean? People like to think that he's just this thing that just goes and kills and, and that's it. He's smart in this movie. Even if he didn't, we know he went to Alice's because 
we see Alice's body. Yeah. So that yeah. did happen. So anybody that tries to have a thing that says Alice wasn't killed, well, we see it. And we see, <laughs> I know it's funny, but Jason has the presence of mind to lift up that freaking teapot, that, that kettle whistling, that freaking teapot. Yeah, because he's annoyed. Yeah. Right. And, and that was it. Or, or because he doesn't want to alert anybody to, yeah. to the noise going on there. So it's like, okay, let's let's defuse this. And then think about it. In, in one of the scariest scenes, when he's laying down in the bed waiting... For her to come in so he can come out and make his first ever appearance with the mask on. That's something he thought to do. Same thing with the chair when Alice was in her room and she was under the... Fr- pardon me. When Ginny was in her room under the bed and the rat came and the whole thing, the pee. He, again, had the presence of mind to do his thing, to go on that chair and to quietly wait just so he could surprise her and fuck with her. He, cool he's like that. a mixture of Leatherface and Michael Myers in this. Like he plans like Myers, but he's not quite as smart or as quite as, uh, I guess... What's the term I would use? Uh, cause calculated. He's like, calculated, but I would say just like a, a presence, like a bad presence. Because like, he just seems like a shape. You know, he doesn't seem human even right. in the first one. And then Leatherface is just kind of like clumsy. But, you know, mm-hmm. after, you know, I think that Maskhead Jason, Sackhead Jason actually probably inspired a lot of the slashers later on because he's just like a, a backwoods kind of character. And he's he's real. He's not he doesn't have any supernatural abilities just yet. He's not giant. He's a regular-sized yeah. human being. He actually looks small. Yeah. But I'm, see, I like that. I like that he looks like a, a nor- he's a normal human being who happens to have lived the way he's lived. And, you know, he's mentally not there all the way. And he has deformities and whatnot. And who knows if that affects his, his brain in any way. Yeah. But it's still scary that somebody's yeah. out there doing this. As opposed to... And I love the other ones, but when I see giant Jason, it doesn't make any sense. Mask and it's a lumbering giant thing. It's cool, but it's not the same to me. It's scarier no. that he's in part two. It's just yeah, you know. And that shot with the window when she goes in his shack and you can see him running through the window, just is terrifying, man. I, I think it's scarier in part three though when you see him like run up to the window and then you like see him like likes to run and he looks all that's so weird just oh. When you see something like running at you and you can't stop it, it's fucking scary. Yes. Oh, so uh, I know that you're a huge fan, and I don't think that you like any slashers from this year better than Friday. No, 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 not at all. I don't but even I do know love if, other ones. I don't even know if you like any other movies better than this year. I don't think you do. Probably not, if I think about it. So we're not going to do the better or worse that I typically do. But what I will do is, uh, oh, I think we're going to do this with slashers for you. And you can do from 81, we'll do uh, a rating point. A, B, C, D, you know, we'll do A, B, C, D, F. Or you just A, B, C, D, F. No pluses, minuses, none of that shit. Yeah. Or would you rather do like a um, top tier, mid tier, bottom tier? I think that's probably better. Okay, so wait now. Yeah. How many? But there's no rules to how many could be in each tier. No, I could no, have no five top tiers if I yes. wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because it is 81. We're not talking like 1989 here. Right. <laughs> like it's, exactly. There's, like, there's no top tier slashers in 89. No, you got a couple, right? But not top tier, right? No, I mean, it's like, you're like I think that uh, you know Jason takes me hands pretty good. You're like, that's 88, anyways. I mean, well, I do love Intruder. It'd be Halloween five. Oh, 88, I, another one. Intruder, 89. Intruder. Oh, yeah. Halloween 5 is 89. You're right. Yeah. My mistake. Yep. 
I mean, okay, so here we go. So top, middle, bottom. Halloween two. Oh, top. Um, Friday two. Top. My bloody Valentine. Top. See. <laughs> the burning. All great. The burning. Okay, the burning. I'll go middle. Funhouse. Oh no, third tier, whatever. The prowler. The prowler is middle. Happy birthday to me. I'll say middle for that too. Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. Ah. Uh, I do enjoy it, but I guess I'd go the lower tier on it. Madhouse. I'm at Madman. Uh lower tier. Just before dawn. Lower tier. Hell night. Hmm. I'll still say lower. Yeah. They Bloody, are, bird. Bloody bird. Bloody birthday. Bloody birthday. Yeah, it's. They're lower tier, but they're not bad. Like they're like if I'm giving them a number, a lot of these are like seven. You know what I mean? So it's like. I don't really dislike. <laughs> Those probably should have been mid-tiers, because when you start getting to the bottom tier here, you're going to be like, ooh. Final exam. Final exam. Well, the thing about final exam is I happen to be a fan, but it's still lower tier. I like it, too. People hate it. But yeah. Student bodies. I have not watched student bodies in so long, and I am going to watch it this year, but I haven't watched it in probably 10 years. But I'm going to say... Is as clever as I remember it being, I'll put it in the middle, but I could be wrong. Okay. Um, where we go? Still lost this damn thing. Okay. Uh, nightmares in a damaged brain. Uh, it's it's lower. I Graduation. Like Graduation day. Graduation day is lower tier, but I enjoy it more than the other lower tier ones, I think. <laughs> Night school. That's lower tier, sadly. Uh, when's it's, the last time you ever a, watched that one? Night school, it's more of a freaking... Giallo. It's more of a giallo. I love right? that movie, though. It's a great movie. Do you love it? It's I gotta good. watch it again. I remember it's I, I remember being kind of bored, but I, I gotta watch it. I have it's the classy. It's classy. Watch it again. I think just if you don't expect like an all-out... It's just like a classy kind of... Really kind of mean slasher it's more giallo though well, i dig it though yeah sure your favorite hospital massacre <laughs> it's lower tier but i'm okay with it and, and barbie benton is just incredible yeah I, I like all these like all of, even the bad ones in 81 are good like you're like ah that movie's kind of yeah. i like it uh absurd oh absurd uh yeah it's a lower tier madhouse Hmm. I'll still say lower. Don't go in the woods. Oh. <laughs> That's the worst one probably from 81. Probably is. One of them. Eyes of a Stranger. Ooh. Eyes of a Stranger. It's interesting. I'll still say lower. But it's an interesting premise. Home sweet home. <laughs> Uh, it's it's lower, but it's not terrible. It's fun with the crowd. Yeah, it's 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 like that's a movie I watched three times, and by the third time I was like, "Why do I keep watching this?" I was like, oh, "I probably like it." 
<laughs> like it's bad, right. but um, Scream. Oh, I haven't seen it in so long. I can't say, but I don't think I'm going out on a limb to probably say it would be lower. It's I don't know anyone that really enjoys it. <laughs> It's, Except the people that spent like $35 when it got released and they want to justify spending their money. <laughs> it's on 4K now. <laughs> there you go. Maybe it's the 4K. Are you serious or is that a joke? No, it's on 4K. It. It's on 4K. So is Final Exam. And I, again, Final Exam is like, a, I'm not even going to say a guilty pleasure. I enjoy Final Exam. I'm not going to buy the 4K. I didn't know it was out on 4K. Wow. 4K from Dark huh. Force. Um, this one's kind of a slasher. It's uh, the Indonesian Friday 13th ripoff, which is pretty much Friday 13th, called Wolf, a.k.a. Stragala. I have not seen this. Is it a slasher? It's Friday 13th riff. I got to see it. It's here of the slasher, too. I got, I got to watch this, and I'm watching Forens. I haven't come across that one yet. Okay. It, it, it has a little bit of a ghost angle to it, though, too, if I remember correctly. I'm not selling this on you, Har. It's like, I don't want you to be like, oh, it's going to be great. It's like, I'm not expecting great. I just see the thing for now for Exploding Heads with Year of the Slasher 2. I just want to explore yeah. even some, if it's a foreign movie, it's, it almost automatically gets a pass because I want to see. I saw probably the worst one I've seen so far, and it was a foreign one. Was what was that? One. A few, I think I got it from, from you, actually. I think, I think you're the only person that carried it. I just I had to give my phone up to my daughter just now, so I don't remember what. Um, you have it on your on your plex. What, what year is much. it? Oh, um, shit. I don't know. It's in the '80s though. And if you watched it, it was just. Oh, you're talking about blood tracks. Not blood tracks. That's the one with the heavy metal band, the hair metal band, and they're in the yeah the girls. Mountains. Yeah, and yeah, then they get killed a... by the hills have eyes cannibals. Yeah. That's called Blood Tracks. Is that tracks. the one? Yeah. It's called Blood Tracks? Why did I think it was called 85. 85. Well, dude, somebody intentionally gave this one girl, because they're in a rock band, intentionally gave her these boots that had these freaking things on them, like these decorative yeah. things for the time. And every step she takes, is because ching, 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 and it's louder than any of the dialogue. I could, <laughs> it, it was bugging me the hell out the whole movie. I'm like, nobody noticed how, how loud this is. You can't hear them. It might have just been the cut. I mean, somebody, it might just be a bad sound mix on that one edition of the movie. Who the fuck knows? I don't hate that movie, but it's not like some fucking mat. It's just Hills Have Eyes with a heavy metal band in the snow. Yeah. It was the girls, right? It was like four girls. Yeah, it was like girls? four girls and like three guys, and they all have big hair metal bands. A hair, I think it's guy band, but there's girls with them too. No, see, I think we're thinking of different movies. You might be thinking of Dead Girls, but that's not Swedish. It's not Dead Girls. No, maybe yeah, I'm. Maybe I, I feel like you might have liked Blood Heavy, uh, Blood, uh, Blood Tracks. Blood Tracks is not that bad. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's not Blood Tracks. What the hell is the name of the movie? I know you have it, and it's a foreign slasher. And if it's, oh man. I want to say it was Swedish. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was from, uh, I don't know. It, it was a very foreign movie. It was from a country where you don't really usually get a horror movie from. In the 80s, too. So it's Scandinavian yeah. somehow. That's tough. Maybe I, I'm it's not Scandinavian. Sure. Well, I mean, it'd be Swedish, Norwegian, one of those countries, Finnish, one of those. Yeah, I'll get back to you. Maybe it's not even 80s and I'm wrong. It had to be, though. And I had to be 80s. There's no way it couldn't have been. I was going to ask if it was that really bad Adrenaline movie. Isn't that Adrenaline? 
what was it from? Or is it the, the one with fucking George Kennedy and his fucking brain. It's so weird. It's oh, no. Exactly. It's, nobody you would hear of is in it. And uh, literally, I always have my phone. They took my phone because they're going to pick something up and they had to show them some barcode or something. So they just grabbed my phone. I, I have, can have it right in front of me. Just to see, look at all the slashers I've watched and it would stick out like a sword. Ah, it's driving me crazy now. I know. Well, look at my but, letterbox. You'll see it there. It'll have like one star. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's the Stop. only low rating I, I've given in the past like month. All right, so so we're gonna do go ahead and do your plugs while I look up Dave Z's fucking letterbox to figure out this movie to help us out. All right, yeah. Uh, if you want to find me, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, we're all over the place where all the podcasts are, and we're on Patreon for the new episodes and uh, Jay of the Dead's new horror movies. Lots of cool stuff going on there as well. You can find it with all the podcasts. And thank you. My brother, for every year again. Anytime. It was good. It was good. We had some good conversations. Is there anything about uh, Friday Part 2 that you've seen that no one else has mentioned? Shit. Off the top of my head, I don't... I can't say at the moment. I, I, I don't think anything that I've noticed. No, I haven't seen any bloopers or... Anything like that. I'll tell you what, here's something interesting. You talked about Halloween 2 before and similarities between slashers. It's kind of interesting that you had the security guard in Halloween 2 yeah. and the cop in this one looking kind of alike, look a little bit overweight, looking about the same age, getting killed with the freaking back of a hammer to their head. Dude, that's one thing, right? So Halloween 2 was obviously... Uh, ha Friday was made because Halloween was such a success. Halloween 2 was gory because Friday was such a success. Right. And then Friday 2 and Halloween 2 have so many similarities in them. Two killers becoming eventually supernatural. One within the beginning of the film and one at the end of the film. I would say that Jason in part 2 was supernatural by the end of the movie. He definitely has that tinge. He disappears again after an injury. The movie you're talking about is called The Bleeder, which I have That's heard it. about. The Bleeder. Yeah. It's bad. I heard it's pretty bizarre. Yeah, it doesn't have very many good reviews. From 1983, on tour through Sweden, an all-girl rock and roll band, Rock Cat, suddenly find themselves trapped in a no-man's land when their tour bus breaks down. Soon they get to meet the Bleeder, an insane beast of a man whose sole interest is to kill them all off, one by one. The hunt is on. Yeah. Looks you gotta watch okay. it. I gotta watch it. You just told me how bad it is. You gotta see it. It is. That's why you got to see it. So uh, I will watch it for 1983. It's going to be one of the first ones I watch because oh. I've never seen The Bleeder. Well, it'll be the first and last time you see. I'm glad I had the experience thanks to you because it's a, it's a slasher thing. We're hunting them down. It's a thing to do. Oh, it's yeah. like you're doing 83. You want to be, you want to have a complete list. And that's the fun of doing stuff like this. But oh, you're going to watch all. it once and never again. It's just, it, it is what it is. It's not Sometimes good. it happens like that, though. You'll watch one, you're like, that was terrible. Then, like, 10 years later, you'll watch it again. I'm like, that was all right. Then the third time you watch it, you're like, <laughs> do I like this piece of shit now? Did I, did I develop a taste for Home Sweet Home? Like, <laughs> it happens. Like, time with a movie can change a lot. It just becomes like a comfort food sometimes. It really is. And, like, because they're, they're a comfort food to me, I can watch slashers anytime. But the thing about slashers, and I always say this, they're like cult films. And they're, they're like, they, they work better when they're watched with a group, at least two or three people. There's just something about it where you could have an amazing movie, like let's say Hereditary or something. But if one thing in that room just goes off wrong, if there's a distraction or this or that, yeah. or one person's not into it, you might not have as good a time. You're probably going to watch a slasher from the 80s. And even if it's not good, 
you're still going to have fun laughing at things that are happening on the screen. You're going to oh, have a good yeah. time with it because of the, the dialogue and some of the stupidity, and especially if it's from the 80s and you have nostalgia. So that's the thing about those movies is that I can watch them anytime with friends. It's just, they're fun. And also, like, like think about it. Some of your favorite slashes. Some of my favorite slashes are just, like, stupid. Characters make the dumbest decisions, and you're just like, why the fuck would he do that? Like, Slaughter High is one of my favorites. And, like... Me too. I love it. Those characters are so stupid. Like, they're in yeah. that place, and the guy's like, I'm just going to chug this beer. They just left a bunch of beer there. He chugs it, and it's full of acid. And the one girl's like, I'm getting in the bath, because she gets blood on her. It's full of fucking acid. Like, it's such a crappy, like, written movie, but, it, it, like, the effects are fun. Everything's ridiculous. The movie's just yeah. weird. It, it shouldn't exist. It's just like... And I feel like the tone of that one's off because it's a rare British slasher. Like, it's produced by British right. people. Like, is it made yeah. of... It's just fucking weird. I don't know. Like, Carolyn Monroe's in it. And it's just yeah. weird. It doesn't... I don't know what the hell's going on with that movie. And it's really well, the trashy. Ending, the ending says it all. And the ending yeah. excuses a lot of things that went wrong in the movie. Yeah. If you think about it. Because he's nuts. That movie's yeah. got a dark history, too, with the actor. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right. Unfortunately. Yeah. This one, too. I mean, the guy in the wheelchair did die of uh, HIV, right? He died of AIDS. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yep. And that, that reminds me again, uh, like a lot of these kind of actors you see that are like, oh, that guy looks familiar. I feel like he's been in a bunch of, like the guy from Night of the Creeps. If you ever see the guy with the unibrow, the oh, one of the wait, alpha. Which guy? Oh, uh, the guy. Oh, okay. Uh, he's in the party that guy died of hiv too like there's just tons really? of actors or if you look at like popcorn that's another slasher the fucking killer in that movie died of hiv so many actors like from the wow. 80s being in the 80s alive in the 80s is like a death curse to half these people yeah unfortunately yeah uh, sucks yeah. but uh yeah friday too uh one of the best in the series one of the best of the 80s you know classic movie yeah i'm curious to see where you're where you're gonna have it when you do uh Whatever, whenever you come to the end of it, you know, it's tough, you know, because I'm a, I love my slashers, but they're almost like they, they, I only a few from this year rank high, and it would be Friday to my bloody Valentine and the Burning. I think are the the best of the three, the year. That's one of my favorites from the year. That's probably those those three and and Halloween too for me. I grew a, a I had a Nathaniel Thompson and Bruce Holchek on for Halloween uh, two. And we mm -hmm. talked a lot about it. They gave me, I rewatching it gave me some more appreciation because that was a movie I loved as a kid. Outgrew it and then started rewatching it like a couple times. And I was just like, you know what? I like this again. You know, it just, I came around fully on it. Considering what they were up against and how it's yeah. not John Carpenter, and they still managed to make it look and feel a lot like the same night. And you got Dean Cundy and you got Carpenter yeah. doing the reshoots, helped a lot. Yeah. 100%. But it's but it see there there's another one Halloween two is another one that kind of looks really good and it, obviously they probably had the biggest budget of any slasher yeah. because it's Halloween so but it it just it's it looks different than the other ones with a bigger budget same thing with Friday too like I said earlier it's just something the burning about looks it. expensive too the burning looks expensive too the location I feel like it did have more money it, it, it looks right more here polished. Too. it looks polished. Yeah, it does look good, but there, there was a lot of day for night shots and stuff, and then they were yeah. putting the freaking Vaseline on the the camera, and you know maybe well, maybe the, the sound that, design wasn't great. I'll tell you, the Vaseline on camera. What was worse, the fucking the howling is the king of the Vaseline on camera. But that works for that movie because it's all like sweaty and sexy. So I'd be like, yeah, it's got to be for eighty one. 
Right. What a there's, great year, though. Shoot. Yeah, there's one real crap scene in the burning where they cut in that. Uh, remember the poor girl who gets killed, and then they cut her in at the fucking ending. Like they found her body, but it doesn't make sense how it's edited in. You would have watched Shoot. the ending of the burning again. And when the counselor falls down and he hits through the wall and he's supposed to find like the dead body, instead of like shooting that dead body or having a dead body, they just cut in an insert of that girl who got killed. And she's just like, it's like a still frame. It's, it's garbage. Like it's like, really? it's the, I, I love that movie, what? but it's the worst scene in the movie. Fine. You're just like, what? Like I didn't notice it before, but I was like, that was shit. Wow. Yeah. You know but, what? I think the, I think the burning would actually it probably would be a a second tier. I think I put it in the bottom, but no, you put I it in second. I think you did put I? It in okay. Second. Yeah. Okay. You put everything else in in bottom tier except the burning is in second tier, and my bloody Valentine Friday and Halloween two were in top. Wow. Okay. Happy birthday to me. I think you put it in second tier as well. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. And the prowler is debatable because the prowler has if it didn't have that boring freaking fifteen minutes, Mr. Chatham, Mr. Chatham, when they're walking around that building, it would huh? really boost the movie. There but it probably definitely supposed has to be the like, best kills. There's probably supposed to be like ten more minutes of fucking uh Lawrence Tyranny, but he was too drunk to fucking film the scene. So they was like, just walk <laughs> around the house. We gotta get this guy ready for the shot. He's just like walking around like pissing himself, like ah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I made awesome. that up. That's fabricated. Don't sue me, Tyranny Estate. But uh, I appreciate you coming on, all right? Thanks, brother. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you can do it again. All right. No, Peace no out. No problem, for sure.